everyone, and welcome into Wake and Take. It's your boy Jason, and we have some football to talk about today. We had some fantastic signings come in yesterday, so we're going to talk about the fallout of that, plus plenty more. So why don't we sit back, relax, sip our coffee, and enjoy the show. First off, I want to give my condolences to the family of Alex Collins. Unfortunately, someday he passed away in a motorcycle crash. It came out yesterday evening that unfortunately he had passed away. Thoughts and prayers out to his family. Uh, it's it's just a really tragic event. Uh, and, you know, I, I wish the best for everyone. Sad to see it. He was only uh, 28 years old. Um, so uh, it, it's really rough when you see, you know, past players and especially just when, when stuff comes up of blue like this uh, but such is life apparently uh, and again thoughts out to his family next up we had a medical clearance for zach ertz zach ertz has been fully cleared to practice and play this comes after last year he tore his acl uh the the big takeaway from this is that trey mcbride may not be that big of a value after all i don't necessarily know i would say still sorry <laughs> sorry i would say still that you should be buying trey mcbride but he may not be hitting in the way that we all wanted him to at least early in the season we know zach hurts has the medical uh, injury history uh so it's possible he gets re-injured again but he's definitely going to be out there on the field at least for some point so um it's a little rough. It's a little rough when this Cardinals passing game is already not really that clear. Um, and um, yeah, he's older, already a target hog, everything. And yet Trey McBride, uh, you know, the rookie, he was the number one tight end of the class last year. Everyone was latching onto him. But now Zach Ertz will be back. I don't know. I don't really know. I, I'm assuming that he's going to slide right back into being the starting tight end with Trey McBride right behind him. Maybe there it's a 1A, 1B situation. I don't really know. We'll have to see how this develops. I'll, I'll keep my eye on the Cardinals camps and everything and let you guys know. But as of now, Zach Ertz is just cleared to play. Another player cleared to play fully. You know, we've already had him cleared for practice. But Brock is fully medically cleared. He is good to go. Uh, he, per Nick Wagner, Brock Purdy is now fully cleared from his March elbow surgery. Beginning this week, he'll no longer have a day off and will be able to go three straight practices this week. Good for him. Little round of applause for the, for the Purdy man himself. Next up, we have TJ Hawkinson in terms of some health. Uh, he right now is dealing with an ear infection. Why does that matter? Well, as some of us know, and as you'll now come to know, your ears is where your body's balance comes from. So if there's anything really wrong with your ears, for the most part, you're going to have trouble with your balance. And that is the case right now. TJ Hawkinson has not been at camp because of the lingering ear infection that has been affecting his equilibrium. Um, we'll see how that develops. I mean, ear infections are pretty easy to, you know, they, they've got medication for that. You can go to doctors for that. I'm sure it'll be cleared up, but it has been a couple weeks now from what I've read. So hopefully he's on the tail end of that. Hopefully it doesn't linger into the season and hopefully he doesn't get himself another ear infection. It's a very odd injury to be talking about for sure. Um, but wish him the best on the recovery. Hopefully he can get his balance back. That's very important for a tight end. 
Another quick little update for you guys is that yesterday, Joe Mixon's trial for aggravated menacing did begin. It has been extended as they did not get it all done yesterday. It is still going on today. I will keep you guys locked in if there are any updates. From what I've heard is this has been moved from a jury, uh, a, a trial by jury to a trial by judge. So it's just him and the lawyers pleading their case to a judge. There should be an outright ruling sooner rather than later as there is no jury involved. Uh, and the maximum sentencing for this crime in Ohio, aggravated menacing, is just a $1,000 fine and 180 days in jail maximum. Knowing the NFL, knowing a player of this status, and in the community for the state and everything. Uh, I imagine he's going to at least avoid jail time. I imagine he'll get the maximum fine uh, and he'll probably be okay in terms of football this year. Will a suspension come? Maybe, but I doubt it at least this year. If it comes, it would probably be next year, but who knows? I mean, if he's criminally charged, the NFL might have to move a little quicker on this. So again, I urge you guys to go ahead and just start stashing some Bengals running backs, some Chris Evans, some Travion Williams, some Chase Brown, whichever one is available. I don't care because if Joe Mixon does get suspended, all three of those guys are going to get a bump in their value and probably some usage being attached to such a great offense in the Cincinnati Bengals. Not saying that they're going to be fantastic fantasy assets or anything, but right now is basically your only chance you're going to be able to get them on the waiver if Joe Mixon does get suspended. Uh, Zach Martin and the Cowboys have reached a deal. Zach Martin was threatening to hold out, as we knew from earlier this offseason, but him and the Cowboys have reached an agreement. He will be paid upwards of $18 million guaranteed across the next two seasons, so $18 million this year, $18 million next. The Cowboys' main offensive lineman has been locked down. That's good news for Cowboys fans, good news for Tony Pollard owners, good news for Dak Prescott owners. Things are looking good in Dallas. And finally, before we get into the big stories, Teddy Bridgewater will be rocking the number 50 this preseason and potentially in the season, all numbers 0 through 19 on the Detroit Lions were taken. So he had to get himself the number 50, 0 to 19 being the quarterback numbers. I'm sure somebody will eventually give it up and he won't suck at 50. But how cool is that? Make a quarterback at number 50. It's a little funny. It's a little goofy. It's a little goofy. Let's see. Um, next up. Let's go ahead and check out what happened with Dalvin Cook with Ezekiel Elliott, starting with Ezekiel Elliott. Yesterday, Ezekiel Elliott thought that he would be the most important storyline in the NFL after signing a one-year deal with the New England Patriots worth up to $6 million. $3 million of it is a base salary. He'll get another million dollars in a signing bonus, and he can earn up to $2 million in incentives. I'm assuming, based on that, that he's probably not signing a contract with incentives he doesn't think he could reach. Will he get all $2 million? I don't know. But I'm still assuming that Ezekiel Elliott expects a decent bit of work going his way. But what kind of work will that be? What kind of usage can it you expect? And what will happen with Ramondre Stevenson? I have the answers. The past two seasons, Ezekiel Elliott has had 12 touchdowns. It's fantastic. Last season, he was sixth in total touchdowns of running backs and just to kind of bring home a little bit Ezekiel Elliott having the six most touchdowns is pretty impressive given that he was also sixth in sack front carry rate and had the seventh most defenders in box on average and he was still able to to average a decent 3.8 yards per carry I mean that's outside of the the top 50 but still 
Jackson that he was always facing so many defenders. It's good that he was even really to have positive yards per carry. As we know, and as I've said a few times, my favorite trait about Ezekiel Elliott is he is one of the best running backs in the league to get you one yard. He doesn't necessarily take negative yards, and he gets those touchdowns. He gets those short yardage situations really, really well. And that's the type of running back that Bill Belichick loves. You could look at like Leonard Fournette of years past, and as we'll talk about later, Ben Jarvis Green Ellis. But but still, even though Ezekiel Elliott is incredibly efficient, you have to expect much less work than what he got with the Cowboys last year. Last year, the Cowboys overall were fifth in run plays per game. They had an average of 31.2 run plays per game. The Patriots in that category were only 22nd. They averaged 24.9 run plays a game. In total, they only had 425 rush attempts compared to the Cowboys' 531. Yes, you heard that right. The Cowboys ran the ball over 100 times more than the Patriots did last season. And that's the type of work that Ezekiel Elliott is going to get. So when you look at the Patriots running backs last year, I'm going to basically put Ezekiel Elliott into the Damian Harris role. It's probably a step above that, but I do think it's good information. Damian Harris last year averaged 9.63 carries per game. That does go up to closer to 11 if you take out the games where he had under 20% snap share. But still, anywhere from 9 to 11 carries a game for Damian Harris last year. One game he had 18. One game he only had three. Another he only had four. It was basically all over the place. Uh, and he only had an 18% snap share in those lower games. But overall, for the whole of the season, Damian Harris did average a 35% snap share. And again, about 10 to 11 carries per game on average. I think that's, that's what you can expect for Ezekiel Elliott, maybe a little bit more, depending on how he starts to earn the trust of the team. I think that we're expecting lots of goal line carries, lots of third and ones, fourth and ones that type of thing, but I really don't expect that many yards for Ezekiel Elliott next year. Uh, when you break down what Ramondre Stevenson has been able to do, last year he averaged 12.3 carries a game and four receptions a game, and over the course of the year had a 65% snap share, which is pretty, pretty high. And in terms of target share, he had the fourth highest target share in the league at 17.3%. I don't expect that to change very much. Ramondre Stevenson is going to keep most, if not all, of of his receiving work. I've been reading some people say, well, Ezekiel Elliott is really good in pass protection. Well, I mean, so is Ramondre Stevenson. That's why Bill Belichick likes him so much. I don't really think Ezekiel Elliott is going to be taking that away from Ramondre Stevenson. And even then, if it means that he's into block, then it is what it is. Ramondre Stevenson is still going to be catching passes and is still going to get a ton of targets going his way. Maybe a little bit less than last year as the offense was so inefficient uh, that they had to rely on dump offs to get the ball uh, to really get positive yardage. But still, I'm expecting really not much to change for Ramondre. He could maybe go from 12 carries a game on average to 10 carries a game. And maybe Ezekiel Elliott gets closer to 12 carries a game. But I expect these snap shares to be pretty similar. 65% to Ramondre, 35 to Zeke, maybe a 60-40 split. But again, I really do think that Ramondre Stevenson shouldn't take that much of a hit in value. Uh, and Ezekiel Elliott, you know, is probably a decent value. I mean, you're never really going to be comfortable starting him, I don't think. But if you do, he'll probably, you know, get you your 10 points and you'll be happy with it. Uh, but I don't really see much of a ceiling there unless the Patriots, you know, start to stall out on the goal line and gets those short yardage carries, you know, maybe has a two or three touchdown game. But I'm not expecting, you know, any games more than 50 yards. I'm not expecting much more than 400 to 500 yards on the entire season but could he get double digit touchdowns 
Absolutely. Bill O'Brien's last time as the offensive coordinator for the Patriots was in 2011. And that was when Ben Jarvis Green Ellis was his main running back. The team overall had the 17th most rush attempts out of the entire NFL and were 20th in the league with yards in 1,764. But they had the third most touchdowns. So to go from the 17th and 20th most yards and attempts to the third most rushing touchdowns with 18 touchdowns on the entire year, last time O'Brien was the offensive coordinator, does lend me to believe that Elliott is going to get plenty of usage on the goal line and get plenty of touchdowns, but I really don't expect much more than that. I'm talking about Jamal Williams at maximum here from last year, and I would say Ezekiel Elliott at a minimum from last year. Uh, I really do think that this is fine. I mean, we've been all offseason saying like, oh, Tony Pollard, you know, if Ezekiel Elliott resigns with the Cowboys, Tony Pollard is going to be totally fine because he's, he's already proven he can succeed with Ezekiel Elliott. I'm saying the same exact thing for Ramondre Stevenson. If, Ramond, if Tony Pollard could succeed with Ezekiel Elliott, so can Ramondre Stevenson. So if in some of your leagues, Stevenson has hit the trade block, if owners seem a little bit worried about Ramondre, I would ahead and shoot out an offer see what you can give up for him because i really do think that that passing work is going to remain his and he's still going to be a vital part of this offense just maybe lose a little bit of touchdown upside all right let's see if we have any comments about this um no so let's go ahead and move on to dalvin cook dalvin cook signed with the jets and when i first saw this i was like crap 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 Brees Hall is way more injured than they're letting on. Well, fortunately for Brees Hall managers and us really in general and Brees Hall, Brees Hall was activated off the pup this morning. So Brees Hall is actually fine. I mean, he, he's going to be practicing now and is expected to be ready for week one. So the tea leaves that originally by a lot of people were read on the signing was that Dalvin Cook is going to be used so they can ease back Brees Hall. They don't have to rush him back. Well, they're still rushing back Brees Hall and they're still using Dalvin Cook, which concerns me. You know, I, I almost want to see, you know, I, I almost wanted to see them take their time with Reese Hall so he could come back fully healthy. I don't like this signing at all. It's a one-year deal worth up to $8.6 million. That's a lot of money to go to someone for one year. I'm assuming that that means the Jets want to use Dalvin Cook. Dalvin Cook last year had the fifth highest snap share in the entire league at 73.9%. He had 264 rush attempts. He had 39 receptions. He had 1,400 all-purpose yards and 10 touchdowns. And that was his first fully healthy season of his entire career. His opportunity and advanced receiving metrics were really, 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 really good. So that's concerning to the type of volume that Brees Hall is going to get. I'm hoping, I'm hoping it's a 60-40 by the end of the year. In Brees Hall's favor, I'm assuming that it's going to start off 60% Dalvin Cook, 30 to 40% Brees Hall, and it'll get closer to closer to 50 until eventually Brees Hall takes over. Last year, Brees Hall only had a small snap share because he didn't play many games and was a rookie, but he did have three games above 50% snap share. They were all towards the later part of the year after he'd earned the role a bit, and he was just so good. He was third in true yards per carry. First in yards per touch, first in juke rate, second in breakaway run rate, third in yards created per touch, fifth in production premium, seventh in dominator rating. I could go on and on about how good Brees Hall is. 
So I do expect him to still be incredibly fantasy relevant, even if he can't get the full, full snap share that we want him to. But definitely some receiving work is going to be lost. Some rushing work is going to be lost. And I mean, they're already so stacked at running back, the Jets are. Zonovan Knight came on strong last year after, you know, not being expected to. They still have Michael Carter. They drafted Israel Labanakanda. I don't understand what they were doing bringing in Dalvin Cook really at all. I really don't get it. I do not get it, especially if they're activating Brees Hall off the pup. I thought maybe, you know, Brees Hall was hurt and that's why. But no, Brees Hall is fine now, according to that move. And it's, it, it, it's just really, really strange to me that they would do it. But it does make sense in terms of an efficiency. Keep both of these guys' legs fresh and, you know, hopefully push into the playoffs. I see a fantastic comment here from Fantasy Football Ninja. Dalvin Cook and Zeke will most likely get injured and miss games anyway. That is true, which brings me to my next point. Guys, if Brees Hall is available now, if someone has got scared with this signing, redraft, dynasty, I don't care. Buy Brees Hall. Do it. Because like the Fantasy Football Ninja pointed out, Dalvin Cook will likely get injured at some point. Zeke will probably get injured at another point for the Ramondre point. But in terms of Brees Hall, I do expect Dalvin Cook to miss some time. Uh, and Brees Hall will be a big benefactor. And uh, you should just go get him. You should just get him. I don't care. Even if Dalvin Cook does play the whole year, you still will be happy you got Brees Hall. He's an absolute beast, an absolute monster. So go ahead and get Brees Hall. But it does seem like it'll be a low snap share at the least. Uh, but at least he's an incredibly efficient running back and should be totally fine. That is all I have for you guys. I see a couple questions here in the chat. Let's go ahead and talk about it. Pate with the Yeezy profile picture says, who's your favorite rookies this year besides Gibbs and Bijan? I'm a huge, huge, huge fan of Devon A-Chain. And then if you want some deeper ones, I'm picking up Zach Kuntz for my taxi squad. I'm picking up Daenerys Prince. For my taxi squad, those are kind of my two deep guys. Uh, I, I just, I like those rookies a lot. I like the profiles. I like what I'm hearing out of camp. Zach Coons got himself a preseason touchdown. And I mean, he just avoided the Dalvin Cook signing in Miami. Looking good at camp. Had the four receptions in his preseason game. I think he's got himself a fantastic role and is worth the value. Also, while I'm on it, I think all the quarterbacks from the first round, Anthony Richardson, Bryce Young, and CJ Stroud, are values as well. I think you can go ahead and get them. Next up, who is the better long-term dynasty pick, Mingo or Michael Wilson? Long-term, I'm going to go with Mingo. And that's just because I believe that Mingo and Bryce Young are going to be able to form themselves a really, really nice connection. They were brought in together in this draft. They will continue to work together closely. And I think that that's something that could blossom over both of their careers, given that Bryce Young has, you know, a long career and can stay healthy. I would go with Mingo long term, but Michael Wilson probably more in the short term. Um, but that's also, I mean, like long term for the Cardinals. I mean, I, I just, I mean, I think that they'll end up with like Marvin Harrison Jr. next year. Uh, and Justin, I need people's opinions. Would you make this trade? Would you receive Kamara for Michael Thomas? Yes, Justin, smash that a hundred times. If you're trading away Michael Thomas for even a third round pick, I would do it. So to get Alvin Kamara, that's awesome, man. Congratulations on that trade. Go ahead and do it. And Billy Sandwiches says, I like the idea of buying Brees, but not sure what his price should be yet. I would throw a first and see what happens. Throw a first to the owner's way. I mean, I know that that's incredibly cheap, in my opinion, but that really might get some people thinking, especially as we get closer to the year, people need to start clearing their roster space a little bit. They might want to do it, and it should 
at least be a good starting point. They might want a bit more, but if it's someone who put Brees Hall on the block, they, that might just be enough, just throwing a first their way, but you'll probably have to build upon that. But that seems to be every question, guys. Thanks so much for tuning in. I hope to see you all tomorrow at 10 p.m. Eastern on this very YouTube channel. We'll break down plenty of more news. It's going to be fun. It's going to be great. Thank you guys a ton for tuning in again. You have a fantastic Tuesday and a fantastic rest of your week. Peace.